the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Text for our meditation this morning are the scripture reading, which was read for you earlier in our, as our epistle lesson. Please join with me in a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, we ask for your blessings to be upon us this day. As we are reminded that it is by your power working through the word that faith is created. And we pray, help us to grow in that faith. Help us to share that faith with others who are yet to hear and to believe in you. And guide us and bless us now and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our epistle reading is one that we've been looking at the last several weeks. And as we have been taking a look at this letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth, we've been able to see that they have definitely had some challenges. And so it's important that we remember something very important. As the Apostle Paul was able to bring a variety of different people together, different backgrounds, different beliefs, to form this church, that God had been at work by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he had taught them the most important basic truths. Think about what you know is the base important truth of the Bible. God created Adam and Eve, and it was a wonderful place. But then Adam and Eve chose to rebel against God, and sin entered the world, and death entered the world. And because death entered the world, you and I inherit that same condemnation from God and the desire to sin, the desire to turn away from God, the desire to be number one in our lives, to be God, if you will. But God, in his mercy and grace, loved Adam and Eve and loved you and me so much that he promised to send a Savior into this world. And that Savior came. And we know his name was Jesus. That's why he had the name of Jesus. Because he would save the people from their sins. And that same Jesus is the one who came born as a baby, grew to be a man who taught people what God's word truly said and applied that truth to people's lives so that they knew not only were they sinners, but when they turned from that sin, God would indeed forgive them. And that's because Jesus died on the cross for their sins. And not only did he die... He was put in the grave. And on that third day, as he said, he rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he gave you and me the proof that what God says and God promises is true. No matter what people may say. To try to convince us and convince other people it is not true. And that's why... In the beginning of Paul's letter, these words Pastor Dan and I have shared in the past few weeks. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 
the word about what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me and all humanity is pure foolishness to people who don't believe in Jesus. And so when you and I talk to other people about Jesus and they just don't get it, it's because they don't get it. It's because they don't have faith. And because they don't have faith, they say it's crazy. Unless by the power of the Holy Spirit working through the word, they do believe. And that's why for us who are being saved, it's the power of God. It's the powerful message that you and I can share with other people. But it's the Holy Spirit who works that faith. And so when you share that faith and you're disappointed, just realize that God is still at work. And you're doing what God calls you to do. And that's where the power comes from. So when the Apostle Paul writes this letter, he writes it to people who he says, understand the basics. They got the milk from the Apostle Paul. He taught them the truth. He taught them the basics what we might call a kindergarten Christianity, if you will. It saves. It's important. And that's important for all of us to understand, no matter how old we are, to have that important, basic faith. But he said, as Christians, we should be able to eat meat, spiritual meat. In other words, we should be able to get into the Bible. We should be able to dig into some of those deeper theological truths and have more of a mind of Christ and walk more with Christ in what we do and in what we say and in what we think. But they weren't there. And we can ask the question, why? Just as we can ask the question, why isn't everyone growing in their faith? Why isn't everyone able to understand and dialogue about deeper theological truths? This church in Corinth had a lot of different challenges. When you read the rest of Paul's first letter, you realize that they had challenges with understanding the unity that they shared as brothers and sisters in Christ. They had a challenge of understanding spiritual gifts, thinking some gifts are more important than other gifts. They had challenges when it came to receiving communion. They had not practiced what the Apostle Paul had taught them, what Jesus had taught Paul when he had instructed Paul of what he did when he shared with the disciples taking that bread and saying, this is my body which is given for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And then he took the bread, bought, and took the cup after giving thanks and said, take and drink, this is my blood, it's for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And do this often, remembering what I have done for you. They did not examine themselves as the Apostle Paul had taught them to, so that they could recognize, as we did earlier today, confessing our sins to God and receiving from God his forgiveness. 
No, instead they were gathering together in the homes and they were eating and drinking. Some were gathering together who were more wealthy than the others ahead of time and they were getting drunk and so forth that before they gathered together to worship. It was no form of unity and the Apostle Paul took them to the task for that. And so there were many other challenges that you can read in Paul's letter to this church at Corinth. So Paul had really hoped that these people had changed. And later on, in chapter 13, you know that as the great love chapter. And at, towards the end of that chapter, the Apostle Paul writes the following. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. He had hoped that they had put away the childish ways, but many of them were still in that childlike faith, not growing, not practicing, and not living as Paul and God would have them. For God would have had them to grow up in the faith. The Corinthian congregation had failed to get, behind, get beyond this childlike faith, this childish face. Instead of trusting in God and growing in their faith, studying God's word, they became easy prey to those who came into their church and sounded so wise, and they sounded so intellectual. The philosophies that they brought in and began to teach began to create questions in the minds of the Corinthian Christians. And some of them got into this whole issue of comparing who was the person who brought them into the church. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. And Paul is there saying, that's not what's important. No, what's more important is to follow Christ. He's the one who died for you. We didn't die for you. He died for you. Get beyond this petty stuff. And so the question for us today is where are you in your faith and your walk with God? Are you beyond this childish phase? It's good to trust in God. It's good to know the basics. But God also calls us to gather together in worship as we are doing today. And praise God for that, that you are here. And I pray that God will help you to continue to grow in that faith and apply it. And yet I challenge you to look also at how are you growing in that faith. Are you reading the Bible on a daily basis? Do you understand what you're reading? Are you involved in any kind of Bible study? Do you have a Bible study Bible? Like the Concordia Self-Study Bible or the Lutheran Study Bible to help you to dig in and understand more of what you're reading. Because I can surely tell you I didn't understand the Bible as much until I began to understand more about why it was written, who it was written to, and what does this really mean? And being able to apply it to my life and apply it to other people's lives. 
And that's one of the wonderful, fun things to do in Bible study with other Christians. And we have devotional material that is abundant for you now. There's portals of prayer that are available out there. You can read those on a daily basis. Devotions that were written, giving to you also opportunities to read scripture and to pray. We've got a dial of devotion you can listen to. And if you need to know that number, it's 429-0078. And all you have to do is listen to it every day. And people from this church record it. The Lutheran Hour Ministries has a wonderful devotion. You can get it online every day. They'll even read it for you by clicking on the button, or you can read it. There are a variety of different materials to help you to grow every day in your relationship with God. And one of the most important and best things about this is it reminds you you're not God. And it reminds you that in this world, there's a God who loves you. Because as we are bombarded every day by the news and different things that are happening in our world all around us, it can be overwhelming. It can make, give us hopelessness. These are meant to give us hope and to help us to grow in our faith. The Apostle Paul is here to help us. And one of the things that many of us have enjoyed singing since the 1960s is this song that talks about who we are as a church and what it means to be one in the spirit. So I invite those of you who know it, we're going to sing it a cappella, and it goes like this. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we know that our unity will one day be restored. And they'll know we are God's sins by our love, by our love. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. The early Christians were known by their love, by the way they loved one another. And may God, by his Holy Spirit, help us to love one another to grow in this unity that God has given to us and know that the perfect unity is going to happen. It's going to come when Christ comes again in glory and he's going to bring all Christians together and we're going to be rejoicing in his presence and it's going to be awesome. But until that day, we have challenges, the challenges that exist, the challenges that we have as sinful human beings who want to be God, who still want to still have things our way but we can come together as Christians seeking to have the mind of Christ because that's what God calls us to do, what the Apostle Paul encourages us to do. And as we take a look at the transition, if you will, that is found in the scriptures for our text for today, we understand that Paul is encouraging the Christians in Corinth to rejoice in the grace that God had given to them that the Holy Spirit was at work in them. And he gives them three analogies to really take a look at as he describes who they are and where they are. And notice what he says. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. You are God's temple. 
The Apostle Paul, in our text, helps us to see and helps the church to understand that they were incorrectly putting far too much credit on their teachers. Their teachers by saying, I follow Paul or I follow Apollos. And so what Paul does in our text is rather than placing the emphasis on the person, he places the emphasis on the office they had. He writes, what is, after all, Apollos? What is Paul? It's true that Paul started the church, but the foundation that he built the church on was on Jesus Christ. That's why we think of the song, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. And that's the foundation, this church, South Shore Trinity, was built upon as well. If the church is not built on Jesus Christ, then the church is nothing more than a social club with religious trappings. The point is that Paul and Apollos were servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, most of all, was a servant. He was not interested in people lording being Lord over all people. He was more interested in loving people and teaching people. He was more interested in serving other people. Serving you and me and everyone else so much by not coming down from the cross, but instead dying on the cross for all of our sins. And so this church this church is not my church. This church is not Pastor Dan's church. This church is not your church. This church is God's church. And by the whole power of the Holy Spirit, this church will continue to grow. Not so much in numbers, because numbers aren't as important as growing in faith. And if by the power of the Holy Spirit, God in adds to our numbers, may God be praised, may we be blessed. What's most important is that in our lives, you and I are sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. For there are people in our community who do not know Jesus. There are people in our lives who don't know what it means to be loved by Jesus. They don't know what it means to be forgiven by Jesus. They don't know what it means to be, have the hope of an eternal life through faith in Jesus. And so it is, God places you in their lives, places me in their lives to love them. Because as we look at this analogy that the Apostle Paul uses, he says he planted the seed, but that seed was the word of God. You and I plant the seed. Apollos watered it. He watered the sprouts, if you will. Sometimes you and I will share the good news of Jesus Christ with somebody who already has the seed planted. And they're sprouting. And they need to be encouraged. They need to be loved. They need to learn how to grow and be nourished. But most of all, we're reminded God gives increase. God gives the growth, for the church 
is truly God's. God's the farmer. All that a, far, all that a farmer can do is plant the seed, try and cultivate and do everything he possibly can, but he can't make the seed grow. Only God can. And so we pray that God the Holy Spirit will work in your life and in my life, and God will indeed grant the increase. So others who are yet to hear and believe will do so. And you and I who have heard, who have believed, will indeed grow in our faith. Be encouraged as the Holy Spirit works in our lives through the word and through the sacraments. Amen.